So today, we're starting a new series of talks, Remembrance and Celebration. So in April and May, because it's going to last for two months, we're thinking of the importance of remembering and celebrating what God has done for us, and then just saying, wow, how amazing, God, you've done so much for us. We're going to be investigating quite a few Jewish festivals to help us to do that. And some of the details about that are already on our website. There's a few dates in every year that are important and special to me and to my family. And we make every effort to think about what's happened in the past. They might relate to something like a birth, a marriage or death. It might be about a baptism, that's an important date or when someone passed an important exam, or maybe when someone moved home. Sometimes these dates I think about have nothing to do with my immediate family. I might be thinking about my great-great-great-great-grandparent. I'm into family history. And so I think, oh, in 1812, there was something happening in Belgium, but also my family did something like this, and they got married, and it was wonderful, and I've seen the wedding certificate. It might be, I think, about a First World War battle that may be one of my relatives fought in. I don't always think about the past, though. Sometimes these important dates are in the future. So already, I've worked out what day of the week it is when I'm going to be 100. And it's in my phone. I've put, I've put it down already. Do you ever do that? Oh, oh, Okay. But it's going to be another 44 and a half years or so till I'm 100. But I've, I've thought about it and I've thought, oh, what a joyous occasion that will be. Uh, it's going to be a Monday, I think. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a Monday, 19th of December. Look, so it's a Monday and that's when I'm going to be 100. So hopefully the church will have some good celebrations when I sort of walk <laughs> in like that. And it'll be really good, won't it? So what about you? I bet some of you think a lot about celebrations and you remember dates because I know some of you have got a really good ministry in sending birthday cards to people. It's wonderful and we feel so blessed when you do that. It's a super ministry to have. Frequently, you're getting the cards out, looking at the dates and you're saying, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday this week. I'll send them a card and write something nice to them and make them feel that they're loved and they're a child of God. It's wonderful, isn't it, when people do that for us? What a great thing to do. And it might be that other people have a list of things in the year where you think, oh, I've got to send someone a card or send them a text to say, oh, I hope you have a great day. It's been lovely to celebrate your birthday this year. We make a fuss of people, don't we, on special days. What we want to think about today and for the next few weeks, remembrance and celebration and today we're just thinking about a little bit about an introduction to it and then thinking about the Sabbath, what it is, why should we remember it, and how could we celebrate it. I want to remind you over the next few weeks how important it is to think about what God has done for you. Because I bet you do that a lot anyway, but I just want to encourage you to do it more. And then when you've thought about what God has done for you, to express your thanks to him. You might do that in prayer on your own, or you might do it in prayer with other people in your own house or in their house or down the street or something. 
Or it might be that on a Sunday morning, God's just done something amazing in the last few days, and you talk to me or Jill or someone else leading the worship, and you say, oh, can I just have three or four minutes? And then you go on for 10 minutes talking about how much God has done in your life. And that's wonderful, because we want that to happen, don't we? I feel really, really stirred when someone comes to the front and talks about what God has done in their life, the goodness of God. Remembering and celebrating isn't just something that we'll hear about, hopefully, just in April and May, but it's something that's going to spill over into June and July and August, that we're just going to get better at remembering and celebrating what God has done for us. I know from speaking to many of you that God has worked a lot in your lives in the past. I've heard stories, sometimes incredible stories, about what you've said. Sometimes it might be a little, di- little bit difficult to see what God is doing in the present. But as I look around, I know that some of you are going through troubled times, hard times, and some of you are going through easier times. But I feel certain that God is at work and saying something to all of you. We're his precious children. And there might be tough times ahead for all of us. Okay, let's get rid of the might. There will be tough times ahead for all of us. But God has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, and never to give up on us. Remembering what God has done in the past is going to help us to skip into the future and say, yes, thank you, Lord. I want to stay yoked to you. I want to stay close to you because that's the best place to be. God is brilliant. Let's have a bigger word. God is phenomenal. God is awesome. God is generous. God is incomparable. A lot of the Bible describes who God is and what he does. And these four references here just gives us a little bit of a taster to get us started researching the Bible for how the Bible describes who God is and what he does. People through the centuries have used the Bible to remember who God is and what he can do and then to celebrate in really good ways, in relevant ways, relevant ways to their culture and to where they find themselves. For instance, I wonder how the pilgrims remembered and celebrated God in 1620 and 1621 after they'd sailed across to America in the Mayflower. What about Christianity as it spread to India, to Nigeria, to Korea, to different parts of the Caribbean and South America? How did the people who found faith in Jesus remember and celebrate God for what he's done in culturally impressive ways, culturally ways that would be relevant to them? Maybe like you, I've been to church services in a few different countries around the world, And it's amazing that sometimes you might hear uh, a song by Charles Wesley being sung in Yoruba 
or something, you know, some other language or Italian or Spanish or, or Welsh or something. But the thing is, all these other cultures may not sing songs by Wesley, Redmond, uh, Watts and Kendrick. They'll have their own songs to sing that are culturally relevant with the rhythms that they like and the instruments that they enjoy. I bet their services are very different to what happens here. And we know even in this country, services can be so different from each other as we go on a holiday and just see different things that are happening in other churches and their services. Sometimes it can be very difficult to worship God. Thinking of the persecuted church, how relevant can they remember and celebrate God in a church where it has to be hidden because politically and culturally, it's not the done thing. Over the last few weeks, I've seen some videos of Christians worshipping in, in Ukraine. And you think, even in war-torn places, people are still remembering and still celebrating for what God has done. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Because for us, we can find it quite easy to just meet together. But the idea is we want to meet together to remember and to celebrate what God has done. God has caused many, 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 countless people almost, I'd say, believers to worship, to remember, to celebrate what he has done over the past decades and centuries. And now it's our turn to remember and to celebrate in the 2020s, and maybe the 2030s, and maybe the 2040s when it comes, and even 2067 when I'm 100. We'll still be saying, Lord, we've come to remember and to celebrate what you've done. God created us, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that in a little while, but then he didn't just leave us to get on with doing things in the world. God regularly interjects with mankind. Early in the Old Testament, God did some amazing things with people like Noah and Abraham and Moses. And what we get is covenants, formally guaranteed promises. And we can see those in Genesis, Exodus and Samuel. God interjected and did something amazing. Of course, we've got the new covenant now where Jesus came and shed his blood for us. That is something else now. It's not just a sacrifice that we need to keep on doing or remembering about the rainbow. Jesus' blood and sacrifice for us makes a way big difference. And so we can remember and celebrate that as well. It's part of our normal worship, I think, to worship God and to do what he says, to worship and celebrate. Sometimes when I'm on my own at home, I will read some of the Psalms and just say, yes, Lord, I really thank you for what you've done. It might be in this room when no one else is here, I'll just get a chair and read through some of the Psalms. Or I might do it at home or when I'm walking down the field, so it'll just be some in my memory and I'll just say, oh Lord, it is good to give thanks to you today to celebrate because you've made the heavens and the earth and they declare your majesty. 
Sometimes one of my favourites is Psalm 136. And what I might do, because this is a call and response psalm, so, or you can do it antiphonally if you want the technical word for it. So it's just like there's one part of people uh, saying something and then another part says something else. So because my voice can make funny sounds, as you all know, sometimes I'll just say it in different voices. I'm not going to give you the pleasure of that this morning. But I might say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then I'll just say another voice. His love endures forever. I think that's brilliant for me because I worship God in kind of creative ways, let's say. But the idea is we can rejoice and remember and celebrate God in creative ways as well. Now, I haven't primed him, but Alex, could you help us, do you think? I've given you the mic. All I want you to do is say the first bit, give thanks to the Lord for he is good on every line. And then everyone else is going to say... That's what we're going to do. Should we stand up and do that? Stretch our legs a bit. So Alex is going to be going for it and enthusing us. And then we're going to be enthusiastically saying, because this is another way of saying, I'm going to remember what God has done. I'm going to celebrate. It's how the Jews did it uh, centuries ago. Okay. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. Have a sit down. But can you see how already that is, well, it's stirring me. How's it doing with you? I'm glad about that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because reading these words, and then it goes on verses and verses of more ideas about why we can remember and celebrate what God has done. There's another part of the scriptures thinking a bit more seriously, perhaps, about how we can remember and celebrate what God has done. And Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Or as the, uh, another version says, the International Standard Version, keep on doing this in memory of me. So, on our seats, we'll be taking communion in a little while. On our seats is a memory aid. It reminds us of what Jesus has done. So, as Jill leads us in that in a little while, we can say, yes, Lord, we remember what you've done. We're going to celebrate for changing us because of your sacrifice for us. Do you notice the Greek word? Anamonosis. And it's a great word because it says to bring to mind, or more properly, a deliberate recollection done to better appreciate the effects of what happened. It's a self-prompted recollection, especially as a memorial. So Jesus is saying, yeah, this is something for you to do. Think about 
and rejoice about because God has done something special. That Greek word is very similar to another Greek word or two Greek words, amnesia. Without memory. And sometimes as Christians, we can be without memory about what God has done. We can forget about all these good things, what God has done, not just in other people's lives, but even in our own lives. It's easy to live a life of forgetfulness. But Jesus wants us to remember and to celebrate what he has done in our lives. God solemnly calls us to put him first. To remember what he has done for us. But God makes it possible by our worship, by the Bible, by listening to him. He helps us to do that. It doesn't have to be hard work. But we can just say, thank you, Lord. I want to remember. I want to celebrate. So that's what we're going to do over the next two weeks. We're going to remember and we're going to celebrate what God has done for us. And it's very important. When John read earlier, he read some verses from Leviticus 23. And that gives us an idea of some of the festivals we'll be looking at over the next few weeks. Did you notice the Sabbath was listed first? And that's because the idea of the Sabbath is that we're dedicating our time and our labour to God. You can also read about that in Deuteronomy 6 as well, or 16. Keep the Sabbath holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Jews observe a day of rest to commemorate God resting on the seventh day after he'd made the world. Shabbat, or Sabbath, begins on a Friday just before sunset and lasts just before until sunset on the Saturday. It's a time for family, it's a time for community, it's a time for going to the synagogue. For Orthodox Jews, we shouldn't be cooking, we shouldn't be driving, no work should be done. And we change the Saturday to a Sunday as Christians because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. So we just say yes, even a Sunday is a great day to remember, not just on Easter Sunday, but on every Sunday, any Sunday, that Jesus has risen and we are changed because of that. Keep the Sabbath holy. There's a Hebrew word, Kadesh, and it means to set apart or to consecrate. In Genesis chapter 2, after he'd created all the world and everything in it, the Bible says this, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. How easy is it for you to keep the Lord's day? 
How easy is it for you to make it a holy day? A day set apart, consecrated to him. Speaking honestly, I do it very badly. And I've done it very badly for years, speaking honestly. A lot of ministers that I speak to might have a Monday off or a Friday off. And that's their Sabbath. That's their day of celebrating and just resting and not doing things. I don't do that. I've got other job, so I'm not just a minister here, but do other things as well. So I'd love you to pray for me, because I know I'm not honouring God by not keeping the Sabbath. I know I'm not honouring Jill because I don't keep the Sabbath. I'm not honouring you because I don't keep the Sabbath. And I want to. So I really, really like your prayers because I want to somehow do it. So I put a day aside just for family, just for doing things that are nothing to do with work, but everything to do with freshness and life and joy. Although work is like that for me anyway. It's not like work. Oh, I love work. It's brilliant. And it's not work. It's just wonderful. But still I see the seriousness of keeping the Sabbath holy. And I don't. And I want to. Maybe you're the same. Maybe afterwards you might tell me and say, oh, I'm just the same. It's just another day. I remember the Keep Sunday Special campaign in the early 90s. And there was a chap at Manor Court, because that's where I was at the time, uh, Bob. And he was brilliant. He'd come up every Sunday and say, what was the latest thing that was happening? But in 1994, there was an Act of Parliament, and they made it possible for large shops to open for six hours. And they do, apart from Easter Day, when they're not allowed to do that. So for many people now, these last 28 years, every day of the week has been the same. Sunday isn't special anymore. But I want it to be. And I know you two too. So we can keep praying, Lord, change our hearts, do something in our lives so that we keep Sunday special and help us, Lord, to pass that message on to other people as well. I'd love it if you could tell me what practical ideas you have for keeping uh, the Lord's Day or the Sabbath in a consecrated way, a holy way. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus was in a synagogue on the Sabbath and the Pharisees were there. We know what the Pharisees were like. They, they knew the law. They had 101, well, more different rules about the Sabbath. And they wanted to trap Jesus because we know there was a man with a withered hand. What did Jesus say? Is it best to do good or evil on the Sabbath? Are we to save life on a Sabbath or do something else? Because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Jesus came to give us life 
So whatever we do to keep the Lord's Day holy and consecrate it, it's all to do with knowing God, following him, and saying, Lord, there's room for me to change yet, and I want to change. And that's for all of us. How can we not be like Pharisees with rules and regulations and be like Jesus, who came to give us life, and not just any life, but an abundant life, he came to destroy the works of the devil, of sin, of death. God doesn't want us just to remember him, but to know him. He wants us to remember what he has done already. And he wants us to know that his love and protection and joy is for the present and the future as well. As we list some of the things about what God has done in our lives, and maybe as we read books and read the Bible and think about what God has done in other people's lives, so we'll have the hope and joy, despite the uncertainties that we all face, we'll have the hope and joy to look forward to the future and say, Lord, thank you, I've remembered what you've done in my life, and I want to celebrate not just now, but tomorrow as well. Jill will tell you that I love looking at statues, especially if they're of monarchs and political people. And I've got hundreds, maybe more, photos of them from different angles and different places. It's ever so interesting to me. But the thing is, God doesn't want to re us to remember and the things that he's done in the past and make a statue of them and say, that's it. Oh, love you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in the past. God wants us to use what he's done in the past to help us in the present and in the future to celebrate, to move on, not to be scared to stay, uh, to, to move on and do different things and, and not thinking we have to stay the same. We know God is all-powerful. Remember that list we had earlier? God is brilliant. God is phenomenal. God is awesome, generous, incomparable. And that's what God wants us to think about in our lives. As we think about what he's done in the past, so we will remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm going to pray, and then Jill will help us respond to that and help us with communion as well. So Lord, we do thank you for what you've done in all of our lives in the past. And we don't want to just remember it as a holy time and a good time, but we want to use that as a springboard for the present and the future to celebrate what you're continuing to do in our lives, Lord. Where we need to change or alter a little bit or a lot, help us, Lord, to do that. Give us your insights, Lord, and your help so we can do things in ways that glorify you and honour other people. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.